Hey guys, welcome to the Rachel Hollis podcast, where my intention is always to give you advice or wisdom or ideas for how to improve different areas of your life. Honestly, I think that is a big part of what I spend a lot of my time doing is trying to figure out how to do everything a little bit better, even by like the tiniest little 1% improvement. I think that if you keep kind of chipping away at things and finding ways that you can do them better, finding ways that as you pursue them, you feel better, I, I feel like you build this amazing life in small, tiny degrees instead of just massive, crazy change. So that's what I'm all about. I'm all about how do I improve by little, tiny increments. And to that end, today I thought I would teach about how to get motivated. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast, I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Now, let's just real quick start with this conversation because I don't think that there is a, a question that I get more in DMs, in the voicemail here on the podcast, in emails to our customer service team. Number one thing I get asked is how to get motivated. And I've talked about this extensively. I talked about it a ton in Girl Stop Apologizing. If you guys want to go grab that book from your library or listen to it on audio. But my belief is that you establish rituals and routines so that you don't need motivation. Motivation is fleeting. Motivation is temporary. Motivation is something external. And so I believe in living your life in a way that you've got these routines established so you don't have to motivate yourself to go work out. You don't have to motivate yourself to eat foods that bless your body. You don't have to motivate yourself to read or pray or spend time with your kids. Like you have things in place that help you do that. I, that's what I believe in. But I still get the question. I still get the question all the time. And I understand that sometimes we actually do need external motivation. Sometimes we're just feeling funky or we know we have to perform today. We know we have to show up today, but we're just not feeling it. And so today's episode is about what to do if that's where you're at. If you need a kick in the pants, if you need to get some motivation, that's what we're talking about today. 
Before I jump in, can I just say, if you listen to my podcast every week and you get value out of this totally free experience, will you just subscribe to the podcast? Any podcast that you listen to, subscribing is the best way to support the host. It means that you're going to get a notification every single time I post a new episode. Also, love it when you share it on social media and tell other people, hey, you want to get motivated? Our girl, Rach, is over here talking about it today on the Rachel Hollis podcast. Okay, that being said, let's jump into, as always, I got my serial killer notes here. Just I write all sorts of ideas down, and we're going to do something with them. When I think about the need to get motivated, I am thinking about myself on the days where I know that I've got to show up. And I don't have the right sort of energy or mindset to do that. For me, I don't know if it's like this for you guys, but for me, I really work best by batching my work. And I think I've talked about this pretty extensively on the podcast, but batching my work, at least to me, looks like I put all the same kinds of things in my schedule on the same day. Let me explain. If I am going to record podcast episodes. I will batch all of my podcast recording on the same day. If I need to write an email sequence, I'm going to do my writing all on the same day. If I have to edit a book, that's on a different day. If I got to do meetings with my internal team, that's on a different day. If I have to do meetings externally, that's on a different day. Best case scenario. And, and just real quick to give you some backstory on that. I, if you haven't ever studied flow, I would highly recommend you Google, not the woman who sells you insurance, but actually getting into a flow state and how much you can accomplish when you are in flow state. And for me, I find that I can get into flow state and stay there and my productivity is through the freaking roof if I can stay in the same mindset. If I can stay working along the same theme that I'm in, I can 100%, I can jump from one thing to another. I could edit a book in the morning, then go into external meetings, then go into internal meetings, then do a press interview. But I don't feel like that's me giving my best to myself, to you guys, to my kids. Like I don't feel like that's me at my best. And part of being an entrepreneur and having the ability to chart my own path in this world means like I am going to show up at the highest level. I'm going to execute on all the things. I am beast mode. I will accomplish. I will do all of it. But I'm going to do it in a way that number one, feels really good. And number two, allows me to show up at the level that I want to show up. I think that for anybody who's trying to achieve something, maybe you're Enneagram 3 like I am, maybe you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, I think that we can sort of get bogged down into our ability to be at such high capacity. So I can, man, I can function at the highest levels and I can accomplish all sorts of things. And I found in the past that Man, if you let people know what you can do, they'll ask you to do it, uh, especially when I was younger in my career and I wasn't the boss. When people are like, oh, you can handle 100 things? Well, great. Here's 100 things, even though that's not your job and that's not what you're here to do. So I have to be really careful in my life to 
not do all the things just because that's what everybody would prefer that I do. It's it's that simple because I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve regardless. And I've learned this the hard way that I can get to the top of the mountain and have the entire journey have felt miserable or I can get to the top of the mountain and have really enjoyed the process and I choose to enjoy the process. So just a thought for my high achievers there. The reason that I bring up the idea of batch work is because I find that the days I struggle to sort of get my head in the game, get you, get you, get you, get your head in the game, get your head in the game. And if you don't get that high school musical reference, we will never be friends in real life. So I have found that the times that I struggle the most to get my head and get my mindset right is when I'm sort of forced to jump from one thing to another and they're totally different. They just require totally different energy, totally different mindset for me. And this is when I use some of the hacks that I'm going to talk you through today. So that's when I feel like I need momentary motivation is when I need to perform, but it's not the ideal circumstance for me. And I'm like, suck it up, sister. We got work to do. Before I get into those hacks, let's just real quick start with why you might be feeling a lack of motivation. Because I, I really want to be clear on this. There is a huge difference. Like if you're coming to me right now and you're listening to this and you're super burnout and you're exhausted and you're like, I just need the hack. I just need to know, like, what do I do to get motivated? This is not a conversation for you. What I'm going to say to you is that being burnout is not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not okay. This culture of like, go, 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 go. It's never enough. Work harder, push more, get up earlier, stay up later. You only need four hours of sleep. Like it's bullshit. And it is killing people, really literally killing people. This, this belief that we are meant to just run and sprint constantly and, oh, you'll be able to rest and relax as soon as you get through this big launch, as soon as you get past, you know, tax season, as soon as you get to your annual goal. Like, we can always come up with the justification for why we keep pushing ourselves so hard, and it's garbage. I am positive if you're an entrepreneur like I am or you're trying to achieve a goal, then I am, I'm positive that you've experienced this thing in your life where you're like, oh, I just have to get through the holidays. I just have to get through the busy season. There's always going to be something behind whatever it is you're telling yourself you have to get through. You have to be able to find rest and peace in this day. In this one right here, you want to perform at the highest level, then you need to take care of yourself. You want to get to the top of the mountain, then you better treat yourself like an athlete. Athletes take care of their bodies. They take care of their bodies. They take care of their mental and emotional energy. They, they take care of their mindset. They are so focused on all of this needing to be able to work together in harmony in order for them to get where they want to go. They're like... This this waiting for someday, planning for someday, oh, I'm going to – no, it's it's crap. It's such an unhealthy culture that we have been fed for years and years and years. And hear me out. There are seasons where you're going to have to sprint. Now, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, 
one of my hippie followers and you you are not that kind of person and you're wearing right now you're like wearing a flowy outfit and you have like cool necklaces and you are zen and that's okay not you but I think for the rest of us there are seasons where you do have to sprint there are seasons when I say sprint I mean you are having to push harder than in other seasons and that could be like you're a new mom you're a new dad and so this is a season where, you know what, the energy and the outpouring and everything is for this child, right? Or maybe you just started your first business and this is the time to sprint. Maybe you are working towards getting your master's and this is the time to sprint. I believe there are seasons where we run and I believe there are seasons where we rest. And to me, the kind of life I want to live is the kind of life where I am resting regularly, not at like some preconceived destination like, oh, it's summer vacation and now I'm going to take two weeks and and chill out. So I just want to be careful with this topic of motivation because if you are feeling so, if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling unfulfilled, that's something to unpack. You don't need me to tell you motivation hacks. You need to have your cup filled back up. You need to to feel passionate again. You need energy. You need nourishment. You need sunshine and, and rest maybe. You need to chill the hell out. That's what you need. So if that's you, please listen to that still small voice inside your heart that tells you you need to take a breath right now. You need to, to find some peace in this day. You know, everybody loves to talk about self-care and it's this like sexy thing that you're supposed to do on a Sunday, you know, ooh, self-care Sunday. No, you're supposed to take care of yourself every freaking day. You want to operate at the highest levels. You want the energy to take care of the people that you love. You want to live a vibrant, beautiful life. You got to, you have to be rooted and you have to be caring for yourself every single day. All right. Now. Now we're going to talk about motivation hacks. Now that I've done a huge prerequisite and I, I'm just imagining like me 10 years ago would have been so burnout and still just been like, oh, just give me the hacks. So I did my best. Here we go. Okay. What do I do personally when I don't feel motivated? The first thing I want to start with is, is this feeling mental or physical? Is this mental energy or physical energy? Because I really feel like motivation is often one or the other. Physical, like how you're feeling physically is going to affect your ability to sustain motivation and momentum, which is momentum is way more important than motivation. Because like I said at the top, motivation is something that is like, it's, I'm snapping, you guys can't see me, but like, it's fleeting. It comes and goes. But momentum, once you're inside of it, you can stay inside of it. An object in motion stays in motion. It's incredibly powerful. So I would say the first thing I want you to do is to check in on how are things going physically. Please, right now, if you are like, oh, I know, Rachel, I already know. I know what you're, I know about eating and I know about sleep and I know... No, you don't. You actually don't. Because if you were truly taking care of your body, if you were truly 
eating foods that bless your body, taking your supplements, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, if you were doing those things, you wouldn't roll your eyes because you would know how essential they are for you to have the vitality that you want to have in life. So either you're doing them and you're totally in agreement with me that that is crucial, or you're doing that thing that people do where you're like, no, I already know. You don't know. You don't. Because if you truly knew what you were supposed to be doing, you'd freaking do it. So please don't roll your eyes and please don't half listen to this. Maybe you are hearing this again right now because the universe is telling you to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Number one, what is your nutrition? What is your nutrition? And I'm not even going to start by telling you to cut things out because I always feel like that is overwhelming. But I do think that if you want to be motivated, if you want to have energy, it matters what you are consuming. So just really easy stuff. Eat food in the form it came in. Fruits, vegetables, nuts. I am a meat eater, so protein, fish, eggs, like whatever your nutritional plan is, the closer and closer you can get to eating foods that are not processed, that like this is the way that they come, fantastic. Leafy green vegetables are the jam, right? So they're not all whole foods are created equally. And so the more that you can lean in the direction of things that are green and leafy, that's bomb. That's awesome. Pay attention to how food makes you feel. This means that you have to be thoughtful about what you're eating. So some foods that are meant to be really good for you could make you feel terrible, can make you feel sluggish, can make you feel tired because you have food sensitivity to it. So pay attention to the way food makes you feel. Supplements. I, my Lord, how many supplements do I take a day? 20 pills, maybe? And I don't typically say what my supplements are just because I think it's so dangerous for you to take medical advice from some chick you're listening to on the internet. If you have the ability to meet with a nutritionist, especially in this world where things are virtual, I think that that is the best way. That's how I figured out what my supplement stack should be. I have worked with like four different nutritionists over the years to get the stacks that I have today. So I take certain ones in the morning and certain ones in the evening, and I'm constantly like adjusting and trying to figure out what is going to make me feel great. Water. Are you hydrated? Are you drinking half your body weight in ounces of water every single day? Guys, right now you're listening to this. Just chug some water like you're at a frat party. Water is never going to do you wrong. It's I just all I always have a bottle of water with me wherever I go. Sleep. Are you getting sleep, guys? Are you getting sleep? There are so there's so much information. You don't need me to be the one who tells you that you need sleep, but you need some freaking sleep. And there's tons of information online for how you can get better sleep, how you can set yourself up, how you make sure the room's cool enough, how you don't look at screens within an hour. Like, I don't need to do a whole thing on sleep. There's a ton of information available for you online. I know that there are allegedly, allegedly people in the world who only need like four hours of sleep at night. Congratulations. Good for you. I am not one of those people. In order for me to function at my highest level, I have to have sleep. And if you're feeling a lack of motivation, it could just be that you need 
more energy in your system. And that might look like you need to get some better sleep or some more sleep. Some of you are maybe get, you're like, Rach, I'm getting, you know, eight hours a night, but maybe you don't realize that you're actually not really getting great REM sleep or your circadian rhythm is off. There's just a ton of resources available to you. Sleep matters. If all of those things are in play, let me say it again. If you're like, yep, I'm eating foods that bless my body, I'm getting my water, I'm taking my supplements, I'm getting my sleep, and I still feel like I need some motivation, now we're going to talk. We started with, are you burnt out? We went into like tactical, functional ideas for your health. If all of those things are checked off, then, then here's some things I do. So the first thing that I wrote down on my list feels a little, <laughs> it feels a little weird, but I always want to know like really what people really do, not what they, not what just like sounds cute and cool. And this definitely doesn't maybe sound cool, but it's the truth. And if it helps you, here we go. I sort of think of myself Oh, this sounds crazy. I sort of think of different versions of me or different personalities that kind of show up in different moments. I've never tried to explain this before. So please bear with me because this is not going to sound well thought out because I, I, it's just something I know. It's not something I've ever tried to explain to others. So I kind of think of different parts of myself. So I am mama. I am a warrior. I am the mogul. <laughs> I am the witch. Wow, this is sounding wild. Let me explain. So different parts of my life require different energy. I It sounds really weird. I am hoping that this somehow makes sense to people. Like the mama that's going to you know, like cook dinner for my kids tonight and spend an hour, you know, doing Noah's hair, that is a totally different person than the one who can get on stage and speak for four hours for three days straight to 10,000 women. And it's a totally different person than the one who's going to do yoga and like meditate and it's a totally different person than the one who it will run a marathon. They're different personalities. Not split personalities, but just sort of different versions of myself that lead out. And I think that we all have that. I think that we all have our version of like ourselves, but maybe you don't give your yours nicknames like I do. Because I give my nicknames. Like, oh, this is... I would call it the witch. Like, I, I'm going to get so many notes about this. I don't want to do a history lesson on you, but I will just real quick. Um, the reason I call it witch is because if you look at history, the women who were burned at the stake, who were stoned, who were drowned as witches, were typically the women who were the healers, who were in touch with their intuition, who were in touch with nature. And so I think that that word has been 
manipulated and used to hurt so many women. And so when I say which, what I mean is just this idea of trusting your intuition, of being in touch with your spirituality, of being present, of being here. So if I'm going to go do a yoga session, if I'm going to go do a manifesting session, or if I'm going to go meet with my friends and we're going to vision cast the future, whatever, that's the version of me that I want to show up in that space. I don't want the person on stage that's like the super high energy, like all this stuff, like going out. I want to be more present and centered here. I hope this makes sense. I apologize if this sounds crazy. I feel like there's maybe four of you who are going to be like, oh yeah, girl, I got you. But if it helps you at all, it definitely helps me to think of the different versions of myself and then ask which version of me needs to show up right now in this space. So when I need to get motivated, I am usually calling on the mogul. Oh my gosh, I sound like such a hippie right now. So I think y'all have heard me talk about the mogul before. It was the nickname that I gave myself years ago when I started doing personal development and I wanted to stand in my power and I wanted to own the fact that I am ambitious and I have these big dreams for the company I want to build. And it was like, I wanted to give that a nickname. And so I named it mogul and I have a tattoo on my wrist that says mogul and Yes. So when I need to get motivated, that's the version who needs to be called upon. But like your different personas, let's say, like the mama version of you, the daddy version of you, the CEO version of you, there's a different physicality. You're using a different voice. You speak differently. You think differently. Like when you're in those zones, you're, you're, you have different energy. So for me, I'm like, okay, even if I don't feel it yet. I know the physicality I need. I know the outfit I'm going to put on. I know the way I'm going to talk. I know the way I'm going to show up. Like I can almost hack the system by sort of putting myself into that persona before I have the feeling. And it's just, it's like magic. You start to do it and then you start to feel it. So if you've never thought of versions of yourself before, maybe it's time for you to come up with what is the motivated version of you? Like I said earlier, I was talking about the idea of the warrior. So the warrior to me is I, first of all, I am positive if I could trace my lineage back. I'm like, there is some Scottish, Irish warrior blood running through my veins. I am, I am positive that that is a part of my lineage, even though I don't have any proof of that. And so I really do think of that's a version of me that has climbed mountains. That's a version of me that ran marathons. That's a version of me that pushed babies out of my body. Like the warrior is the is strength, is power, is knowing that you can do hard things physically. And if let's say I wanted to get motivated to do a workout, then the warrior is the version of myself that I'm going to call upon. And I don't mean call upon, like do like a seance. I just mean that I'm like, okay, this is who I need to be right now. This is how I need to show up. I'll put on music that I feel like kind of fits into that persona. I have playlists in their private, um, but in my Spotify account, like I have playlists that sort of are songs that to me feel like that version of myself. So 
that sounded like a little crazy, but I also feel like that is bomb advice that I just gave you guys right now. So if it's not too woo-woo for you, I highly suggest that you create the personas that you need. And this could be like, what's the persona that you need to be the parent you want to be? What's the persona that you need to be the lover that you want to be? Whatever it looks like to you, there, I don't think there's any sort of end to how you can show up in the world. So also just real quick, if you're listening to this and that was good advice, <laughs> will you do a screenshot and tag me on social and let me know what you thought? Also, if you also have personas, because I've never really heard anybody talk about that before. If that wasn't too crazy for you, will you just check in with me? Instagram's the best way to find me at Ms. Rachel Hollis and just let me know your thoughts on that. So calling upon the persona that you need, doing something physical is, uh, you, this is like the the queen answer of fake it till you make it. And I, I feel like this is kind of an obvious thing, but I'm going to say it just in case there are people who have never tried it. If you go do something physical, you dance around, you do a strength training workout, you go on a run, you go on a walk. I, for me personally, that pulls me out of my head. If you are feeling unmotivated, you're in your head and you need to be in your heart and you need to be in your body. Like motivation to me is a is a body feeling. It's not a mind like it's not your mind. Because if I'm feeling unmotivated, my brain is telling me a hundred different reasons why I don't need to do that thing. A million different ways that I could not show up as my best self. Like my brain will never run out of ideas for like why I don't need to do the thing that I need to do. So if I push myself to go do a workout, I will always, always feel better. I don't know about you, but I have never one time, never regretted working out. I have regretted not working out nine times out of 10, but I've never regretted going and challenging my body and moving myself and sort of getting back into my the physicality of like that energy. So it's just, it's the simplest hack in the world. And if you're not feeling motivated, you won't feel like going and getting a workout in. But if you can challenge yourself and go, dude, just just do like six minutes. Just go jog for six minutes or just go work out for six minutes. The truth is you're going to get out. You're not going to do just six. You're going to get out there and be like, okay, fine, we're here. I heard recently that it takes about 45 minutes for a runner's high to kick in. So for those of you who are long distance runners like I am or want to be, that's usually my challenge to myself. And and I know if you're not a runner, you're like running for 45 minutes, what the hell? That's usually when I, that if I can get to 45 minutes, then that can carry me for another hour because I sort of hit that high. So for what that's worth. If you're not feeling motivated, go help someone else. Go help someone else. Incredibly powerful. This is when you feel like you're not really feeling motivated kind of by anything, right? Like this is not just kind of a fleeting thing. Maybe you're in a week where you're just sort of feeling like you're in a rut and you don't feel passionate. You don't feel energized. Go volunteer. Go ask how you can help. Go show up for someone else. I do this a lot in business. I'll reach out to – there's – probably like 20 different small businesses that I am aware of that I follow that I really like their product and they tend to be female-owned companies 
And I'll literally just reach out. People are like, is this, am I being spammed? But I'll just reach out and be like, hey, let's do a Zoom. Let me, let me give you an hour. Let me help you in whatever way I can. I'll talk to you about digital marketing. I'll motivate you. I'll, you know, whatever it is that you need, let me serve you in this time. And really, it, it does something for my spirit and my soul because I love getting to talk to people about business. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And that time is me getting to live one of my core values, which is being a servant leader and showing up for other people. And it reignites the passion in my belly. It reignites my heart for this work and what I'm doing. So I really suggest not if you're feeling super burnout, then the answer is definitely not, oh, I'm going to go, you know, pour out more on others. But if you feel like you have the energy and you're you're miss you're missing passion, you kind of want to get passion, go serve others doing that thing that you love to do. That's really powerful. I also think that it ignites, especially in women, there's this study that women are terrible at negotiating our own salaries. We're not as good as men. There's a lot of uh, research behind why. But that same study said that when women negotiate for other people, we're actually stronger than anybody. So women will fight more passionately for someone else than they will for themselves, which is a bummer. And all we need to do all the things to fix this in our generation so our daughters don't have to deal with this. But knowing that that's a reality, it may be really motivating for you to use your passion to stand up for someone else. And that may ignite feelings of excitement and energy in yourself again. My last thought on hacking motivation in this moment is to ask you, I'm going to ask you this question right now, and I just want you to like answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Do you think more about things that have happened in the past, things that are happening in the present, or things that you want to happen in the future? Are you a past, present, or future thinker? So depending on what you said, that may be a big factor in why you're not feeling motivated. Most people spend a ton of time thinking about the past. And maybe they're thinking about good things and maybe they're thinking about bad things. But more often, their mind keeps going back to the past because that's what we know, right? So we're like, oh, uh, you wake up and it's Tuesday morning. You're like, I know what Tuesday morning feels like. And your brain sort of goes, and it just processes all the Tuesday mornings that you've had before and tells you this is what this Tuesday morning is going to feel like based on what has happened in the past. If you are letting your mind think about whatever it wants to, it will always go to past thoughts. Not only will it go to past thoughts, but it will go to past thoughts and then make you believe that that is destiny. Like that is what is going to happen because that's what has happened. When you are struggling with motivation, it's important to ask yourself, where are my thoughts right now? Are they in past, present, or future? Because if I want to get motivated, I have to be in future thought. I have to be thinking about what is the future I want to create? Where do I want to go? What is the why behind this thing that I'm meant to do right now and how I'm supposed to show up in this place? If I can push my thoughts into future-focused thinking, then I am suddenly 
manifesting and creating a life that I want to have. And I can really clearly see the parallels like, oh, yeah, in the future, this is the energy that I have and this is what's happening in the world and these are the things that I'm doing. And in order to have that future right now in this present moment, this is the thing that I have to do. This is the task in front of me. This is how I have to show up as the best version of myself. I'm giving myself a why because I'm able to see where it takes me. Like people always say that like, oh, you have to know your why, you have to know your why. And you do, it's important to know your why. But I feel like sometimes just saying like, oh, this is my why is not as powerful as seeing the future that you wanna create and understanding that the task that you're about to take on, the thing that you're not motivated to do is directly connected to that future you want to have. And also, if you're like, well, Rachel, I think of my future, and then the task that I'm about to do has nothing to do with that. Well, then you have to ask a bigger question. Sometimes there are tasks we have to do. You got to go to the job that, you know, pays slightly above minimum wage, and you don't really like it. And that isn't directly, you're like, that's not directly connected to my future where I want to be an author. Well, no, it is because that job that you have to go show up for right now, that's paying the bills for you to live your life so that you have the things you need so that you can work on your craft and work on writing and get the pages done and get the words down. And like, it is connected. It is connected. If you're doing a task that is seemingly like, oh, well, I'm, you know, running this business and that's going to help lead me to this thing And you realize like, wait a minute, that's not actually, this task in front of me is not actually getting me anywhere near the life that I want to live. Maybe that's why you're not motivated. Maybe you're not motivated because on some level, your spirit knows this is not the role we're meant to be playing. This is not the thing. This is not the life that I want to live. That's a really powerful indicator too. But I think that we get to that answer and we get to that clarity when we push ourselves to imagine that vibrant, beautiful future that we want to create for ourselves and ask how this task in front of us is helping us get closer to that goal. All right, my friends, (laughs) those were a bunch of different thoughts I had about hacking motivation. Some of them I think were very straightforward. Some of them were maybe hippie woo-woo and thank you for staying with me, even if you were like, girl, what are you talking about? If this episode was helpful to you, and I hope that it was, check in on social and let me know what you think. Be sure and subscribe to the show so you get a new notification every time we post an episode. And if you love it, go ahead and leave a review. If you hate it, you just go ahead and keep that to yourself because we don't, we don't need to know. Have a fantastic week, you guys. I love you. I'm rooting for you. And I hope that you are finishing this episode feeling motivated as all heck. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% chance production. Hey, y'all. My name is Darren, and I'm a visual designer at the Hollis Co. And I also write our monthly cultural newsletter for our company called Sway. Sway Newsletter is all about subtle movements that adapt change. 
we all have the ability to change things for the better. All this month, I'm going to be introducing you to Black artists, works, and cultural moments to bring a little more celebration to your Black History Month. What I'm about to show y'all now are things that have caught my eye that need to be recognized and supported. Welcome back to Sway Digital. Last week, just in case you missed it, we talked about Rosie Meyer's vision and her brand, Resistance Fashion. This week, I want to focus on the importance on Black women, the neglect of respect they are receiving, the powerful movements started by these strong leaders, Black women in literature, and what the future holds. I want to start this conversation with a powerful movement that started back in 2013. Hashtag Black Girl Magic, founded by Kashawn Thompson, was the movement that rallied the hopes of counteracting negativity on Black women. It started out as a hashtag online that was centered around the achievements and successes of black women. It also focused on the power behind what not only women can overcome, but also being black as well. Celebrities like Beyonce, Willow Smith, Amanda Steinberg, and many, many more were supporting the term hashtag black girl magic and making sure it was heard and used in a positive way for recognizing black women. You may have encountered it as the rallying call of support behind Simone Biles as she dominated in the white-saturated sport of gymnastics. I love this hashtag and movement because it creates this platform for all women of color to come together and fight against racism and stereotyping. It gives me hope that my daughter can find peace in the future knowing that she is not alone. I can only do so much as a single black father, but to have a community of black women and girls is something that is well needed in this world. My daughter, whenever she hears the words black girl magic, it makes her so happy and filled with hope that she can make a difference. Moving forward, when we talk about black activism in history, we're usually talking about men. The spotlight is usually on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Frederick Douglass, and many more. Now, this isn't a bad thing. It's just that we hardly hear about the movements that have risen from female activists. I believe there should be more black history in textbooks anyway, but the lack of knowledge on black women is bizarre. Black women and activists have changed and shaped the world in so many ways. Callie Nicole Gross, the Martin Luther King Jr. Professor of History at Rutgers University, talks more about the mass range and the different types of voices across history from black women. Gross talks in her books about this one civil rights activist named Nanny Helen Burroughs. Burroughs was an educator and had applied to several public schools in Washington, D.C., when she was turned down, she took matters into her own hands by starting her own school to educate and train poor, working African-American women. She provided a chance for black women to have those equal opportunities when no one else would. Gross points out the importance of hearing different types of voices, even those that have been arrested, is especially important considering the disproportionate amount of both black men and women incarcerated. There's always more to the story. For instance, from Ida B. Wells to Patrice Conkellers, founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, and let us not forget the complex story of political activist, philosopher, Angela Davis, as prime examples. She goes to talk about the racial biases in the judicial system, as well as the lack of resources available for Black people. I am fascinated with Kelly Nicole Gross's research and these movements and people that I haven't even heard of before. There are a ton of great activists ranging back 400 years ago, which goes to show there is a ton of great black history out there that is kind of just swept under the rug. She covers a lot of these great black female activists in her book called A Black Woman's History of the United States. You should totally check it out because it is a must read. 
It's impossible to understate the importance of black women in our history. It is filled with women who fight for freedom and justice, not just for themselves, but for equality and access for future female dreamers. I was also looking up an author who touches a lot on inequality in education. Yaa Jesse, author of Homegoing and her new release, Transcendent Kingdom, talks about her experience growing up and the difference between neighborhoods and schools based on their racial makeup. She spoke about the high school she attended that sent students to Harvard, Yale, Brown, which was highly encouraging for students to excel. She also pinpointed that the high school down the road, in a rougher part of the neighborhood, was graduating their students at an abysmal rate. She expresses the fact that educational access is not equal by a long shot. And usually in these cases, it's because of the neighborhood and environment that people grew up in. Educational inequality is just one of those many issues stemming from systemic racism, and it is a serious problem. Jesse relates something that rings true to how I feel, and I'm sure a lot of African Americans feel as well. You have to be twice as good to get at par while being black. The fact that we hustle twice as hard just to be recognized as a potential candidate or a person of society is beyond my mind. Questioning behind closed doors the reason we're working harder and then realizing those accomplishments do not save us. I find such inspiration from the way Jessie speaks for young black women through her works and words as she states, writing can be an act of love and justice. Now, speaking of writing, have y'all seen the inaugural speech by Amanda Gorman? Yes, yes, and yes. Amanda's poems and writings are enriched with so much passion and drive. She is at the forefront of the next generation of women and women of color to make a stand and make a change. A true reminder that their voice is a superpower. Amanda's work focuses on activism around oppression, race, feminism, and the African diaspora. At such a young age, her successes as a poet and as a writer has made her a role model for so many young black sisters. You can read more and gain access to her writings at her site, theamandagorman.com. Now, I'm going to end this week's appreciation on Black women and their works with this quote from one of my favorite artists, Maimuna Yousaf. Sometimes being a woman is like being black twice. Now, that is the most accurate quote I have ever heard. Especially for me, having a mother that I have seen struggle to make ends meet, to keep her children in a healthy educational system, to minimize the racist environment as much as she could, and witnessing the neglect and lack of acknowledgement of her hard work. I am beyond grateful for my mother, my sister, my black sisters out there that are keeping afloat and creating a future not only for the youth to carry on, but for change in the system and for equality. I'm Darren, and this is Sway Digital.